I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, welcome to the Horse Hour podcast. I'm Amy Stevenson, and today I'm talking to Samantha from Tudor Rose Equine. She set up the hashtag NotOnMyYard campaign. I think it's a brilliant idea. It's all about anti-bullying and anti-harassment. It's anti-bullying week next week, the 13th of November, and sadly most of us have suffered with some form of bullying and harassment on our yard or at a riding school, and Sam wants to stamp it out. She's going to explain all about the campaign, how it started, and how you can get involved. This is Horse Hour. Today we're welcoming Samantha Thurlow, who has set up an amazing campaign. I'm really, really behind this because it's something that I have suffered with myself over the years. Samantha has set up the Not On My Yard campaign, hashtag Not On My Yard, um, with Tudor Rose Equines, because it's an anti-bullying campaign. Samantha, how are you? I'm well, how are you? Good, thank you. I'm really intrigued to hear about this because bullying... Uh, yeah, it's something that's been in my world growing up for a long time, something that I'm completely against because I don't think it's necessary. I don't think we need to be nasty to people. So you've set up this campaign where we can all get involved, which we'll talk about in a bit. But could you start off with telling us why you set up Not On My Yard? Well, Amy, it goes a bit further back before that, to be honest. We, me, myself, Alan Jones and Nikki White, there's three of us that run Tudor Rose Equines, and we collectively decided between us to see what what can we do? What How can we have fun on our horses and ponies? How can we get people involved? And we saw that people we knew were put off by doing things like hunting or going to clinics or going to certain clubs because... They, they felt they were judged or felt they would be judged or didn't feel they quite had a place. Um, and so we told some friends about a, an idea that we had about setting our own group up that was just super inclusive for anyone and everyone to get involved, no matter what level you're at, whatever you want to do, uh, just get out, have some fun and in, enjoy your horses and ponies. And that, that was just initial concept. So we came up with the idea of Tudor Rose Equines and then our friends were saying, when are you going to launch it? When are you going to do it? And so we said, let's let's do it then. So we did it. And then we started getting some followers and members. And we're like, oh, my God, we've got 100 members. Oh, my God. <laughs> and the point we're at now, we have over 2,500 followers and regular people that follow us regularly and do clinics and fun rides. And we've done gym canners. Um, ah. We've done all sorts of things just to get people out having fun on their horses and ponies. So bringing you back without me waffling too much (laughs) 
to how the campaign was born. So obviously meeting all these new people and getting to know people and finding out why they're coming to do the things that they want to do with us. Um, we found that there was a lot of confidence issues and not just at grassroots level, through all levels. So, for example, there were certain trainers that we'd approach saying, do you fancy doing a clinic for us? And they'd be like, do you think people would like book on? And That's and so it- interesting because <laughs> I, I have a, a very good friend of mine who is also, um, she, she's actually a qualified instructor and she's too afraid to instruct because she's scared of what people are going to say of her. And I say, for goodness sake, you're, you're an amazing rider. Yeah, she's yeah. so calm. She's so brilliant. But put her in an environment where lots of people are watching and she really struggles with that. And you were right in what you said earlier in the our riding and our relationships with our horses should be about fun. It should be about enjoying them. And we get so wrapped up in in what other people think we should be doing that we're not focusing on, on the moments and doing what we want to do with our horses. Absolutely, absolutely. And from getting to know people and finding these confidence issues on so many levels, we thought, well, why, why is this a why is this so? Why is this occurring? Um, so with a little bit more digging and investigation into it, we discovered that bullying and harassment was a, a major part in, in what put people off doing certain things or going certain places. And that's what led us to sort of develop the campaign as, as you see it today. It's very easy for a pack mentality to form. And we see it. I think the majority of us have had issues at a yard at some point where people maybe aren't necessarily that nice and I'm quite lucky now in that I have a yard where I'm surrounded by lovely people but that we created that so we made sure that everybody's made to feel welcome doesn't matter what you want to do with your horse as long as you're enjoying spending the time with them we all help each other and I strongly believe that that mentality comes from the top so from the management of the livery yards at, right down to the people themselves you know it's about being having a supportive environment where you all help each other and yes that is the ideal world and yes we'd all love that and sadly a lot of us don't aren't in that world right now and they are being they are struggling with some issues of some other people that aren't being very nice or being highly critical from what have I experienced um why are you using that saddle that saddle's not right for your horse why are you using that rug that you know that that rug's too heavy for your horse right now why, why have you got that on to oh god have you seen her ride look at her riding like that she can't ride she shouldn't be riding that horse look how she's bouncing on the back of that horse all things like that all the time and it just takes a couple of people to support that negative thought process and support that negativity and it expands. So how how are we going to stamp this out? Because I don't I think as an as a community we should be supporting and encouraging each other. We should, and this is where it comes down to, to attitudes need to change. So we've seen cases come forward that have been presented to us from examples of, like you're saying, people have said this to me, people have hurt my feelings, people have upset me, to to the opposite end of the scale where people have had to move out of the county, um, take all their horses with them, go to the GP because they were suicidal because of the, the bullying and harassing behaviour that they've been that has been inflicted on them. Um, and we've seen various severity of cases to the point that, you know, when our story uh, about the campaign initially went out on, on media, uh, people contacted us in their droves with their experiences and we shared anonymously some of those stories 
to which uh, Greater Manchester Police saw those stories and approached us because they, you know, they actually broke, they were in violation of current harassment law. Um, mm. So, you know, there's criminal behaviour going on, which, A, people, the perpetrators don't actually genuinely believe they're breaking the law or, you know, not having a ga- regard for it. And then, B, you've got victims that they're not even aware that they're actually victims of a crime. Mm. So, and you, you so often you hear the term, oh, that's just the horse world for you. Oh, that's just showing for you. Oh, and it's quite dismissive. Mm. And, it, and, and you know, we're asking the question, well, why? why? Why is it acceptable? You know, if this kind of behaviour is not tolerated in a school, okay, you've got policies and things in place, strategic things in place to tackle and deal with this kind of behaviour. And the same in a workplace as well. So why why is it, why should it be any different in our world? Particularly, you know, we've seen cases of livery owners and livery yards with this behaviour going on. Um, and, you know, we're working closely with the BHS and Greater Manchester Police and Mounted Unit and working on putting things in place to, to strengthen the policies that are already there because we've also been approached by uh, livery owners that didn't know how to tackle this behavior that's the other issue is is that you know schools are experienced in this they have lots of help and lots of support and how to handle it and business owners you know that have a huge workforce they're experienced in handling it it's very very difficult thing to manage but livery owners you know you might have might have six or seven people on your yard it's not something that you've come across before how yeah. do they how do they approach it how cuz technically it's seen as their responsibility well it's seen as two two parts of responsibilities for livery yards and riding schools you're paying them you're a customer of them so yeah you do expect them to handle some of the responsibility but most of this is from grown women you know we target the children and the children are targeted at schools of anti-bullying and how to be nice to each other but when you've got a 45 year old grown woman that's a mother of two that is picking on another grown woman of you know whatever age it's just to me it seems insane so how is a livery yard owner going to approach a problem like this okay well this is this is where at the moment we're in the early stages of the campaign without it even being launched yet we're raising awareness and getting the message out there to hopefully change attitudes in in terms of this is an actual problem in our equestrian world because we can't start tackling the problem until we are all actually acknowledge that it's a problem mm. and and I think the stage where we're at now, like you say, with the with the pack mentality thing, people think that this behaviour is acceptable, particularly like on social media. Everybody's seen it. Poor innocent post where someone's just asking for a piece of advice and they get absolutely annihilated and then XYZ jumps on the bandwagon as well. And then it evolves into, you know, something very more serious than just an innocent question being asked. Someone's specifically getting targeted and and we've seen these cases escalate to where actual pages have been set up specifically to target certain people and harassment harass them that that's the purpose of the page and it's terrific yeah i don't know why anybody would waste their time it's not acceptable but people join in like you say with this pack mentality and then somehow it's acceptable because everybody else is Everybody else is slating that person. Everybody else is saying horrible things. So I will as well because 
everyone else is doing it and and, it, and oh that's just the horse world and if you can't take criticism don't deal with it and there's a very clear line between criticism and actually bullying and harassing someone uh, it, they're very mm. different things you know and most people can take constructive criticism well and as riders you know we always want to do better we always want advice and we always want to ask questions and we always want to learn more so I don't think people would be offended or upset by receiving constructive criticism and this isn't you know what we're saying to people in part of the campaign we're not saying don't don't give advice and don't say give your opinion because everybody has their own opinion and everybody's entitled to their opinion but it's the way you divulge that opinion and the way you express it and and in what media and what manner and it's that that needs to change in terms of what's acceptable and what's not because I think there's a great disparity in what people actually believe is acceptable Mm. so that's the first stage is actually raising awareness and saying that well no this behavior is not acceptable and we are going to do something about it I think it isn't necessarily just the equestrian industry. I think it is, it's no. rife in any business that you go into and any industry that you go into. And there's, you know, sexual discrimination, there's age discrimination, there's yeah. whether, you know, if, if you have a disability, there's that discrimination. I think for the equestrian industry, it's because we're such passionate people, we're very passionate about what we believe in always. And it's it's very obvious when people write nasty comments that are unnecessary, there are many people that actually would jump on the bandwagon of defending that person. And that's what I love about the community. And I think that I've certainly noticed over the last three years of with Horse Hour is that we ha- are lucky to have a lot of followers and a huge community who are extremely supportive, so supportive of each other. And they ask for advice and they freely give advice. The difference, and it's wanted, and it's lovely and constructive and it's nice. And in that respect, you know, we're supposed to be there to help each other. It's when you see things written on Facebook where somebody's a little bit unsure, they don't know who to turn to, so they're asking for a little bit of help. And then you have the bloodhounds, as I like to call them, who are just on them constantly, yeah, it's you know? it's awful, it's awful. It's horrible and-, and it's unnecessary. And I almost yeah. want to say to that person, gosh, just go to a professional. Go to a professional and get advice from the professional on whatever it is that you need to know. But yeah. we do, you're right, we do need to snap this completely and, and end this nasty behaviour to each other. And the sad thing is it used to just happen on yards, it used to just happen on, on riding schools, but now it has expanded onto social media as well because there's no there's no face to that person. You know, they yeah. feel that they can say whatever they want and it's not going to hurt anybody. Yeah. So how let's let's help. Let's do this in a positive way, I guess. How can we support people that are on yards or at riding schools, both the owner who needs help in dealing with bullying issues and harassment and um, somebody that's going through it? And then how do we change the attitudes to try and prevent this from happening? Well... You know, what what we really need, like you mentioned before, is a support network in place. And this is a massive part of the campaign ongoing, is to provide that support network for victims, for yard owners, for perpetrators. If, you know, they, they realise that their behaviour is not, not quite acceptable, what, you know, what can they do about it? And, and educating people, and, and that's where... 
you know, Greater Manchester Police come in, also the British Equestrian Federation, they're involved, the BHS are now involved as well to, you know, uh, we're reviewing their guidelines of their current policies for affiliated yards and clubs. There is a small little section in there under the child protection bit that covers off bullying, but it's at the moment, it, you know, it, it's kind of, it needs expanding, it needs developing further to address how we've moved on, um, you know, in the equestrian world. And, you know, these affiliated clubs and, and livery yards that are wanting to affiliate and wanting to renew their affiliation are in the future, they're going to have to demonstrate that they actively tackle this behaviour. You know, there's so many yards, we, we visit so many places and the good yards are run very well. You don't ha- you don't see bullying. You don't see any harassment. You don't see any of this negative behaviour. And these yards that we visit that are like that, they, they're small yards, they're massive yards. It doesn't matter on the size of the yard. It's, it's how it's run and the team that run it and how they tackle this behaviour and the attitudes of the people on the yard. Um, and so you, you see these great yards where they don't have these issues. And like your yard, everybody builds each other up, doesn't mm-hmm. tear each other down, they're supportive. So there's nothing to say it can't be done because there are places that are actively working successfully with happy liveries. And so it can be done. It's not it can. No, it, it can. can. But that that came from from us as equestrians. We are all people that wanted to be in a happy environment. So that doesn't mean to say that we... that sounds very clicky like oh we're not going to welcome un you know unsavable characters whatever that's not the case it was it's made very clear from the moment somebody walks in the door it only takes one person to welcome them and say hey Susie you know I hear you're moving here it's really lovely to meet you what horse have you got nine times out of ten somebody moving to a new yard is going to be nervous they're going to be worried about their horse is it going to is it going to get on with the other horses? Is it going to kick them? Is it going to eat their rugs? Is it going to um, try and get out or break the fencing? Is it going to cause a fuss that then other people might not like me because my horse is being naughty? All those natural things that we get when we're moving to a new place, you know, you can kind of knock that on the head straight away just by one person at the yard welcoming them and saying, you know, anything you need, we're here, we're here to help you. And that was the ethos that that we instilled in where I am um, from the very beginning. And and I think that it wasn't like that. God, it's going to sound really bad. It wasn't like that before I got there. It wasn't. It wasn't. But I'd been treated so badly in other places. Every new person that came, they were then welcomed. And I just made sure that I welcomed them. And I didn't tell everybody else to. that's all it takes takes. and and interestingly we've had a couple of people that weren't that nice and weren't that supportive and um we continued to be helpful and nice and offered to help or support in any way or whatever um and they just didn't feel they didn't get on they left and it was interesting how they left they weren't pushed out in any way they weren't asked to leave in any way nothing changed our behavior was not affected by other people's nasty behavior and i think that's important is that you continue to be who you want to be and behave in a way that you would like to be treated no matter what they're doing and actually it was the nasty ones that didn't feel comfortable and wanted to leave obviously they didn't like a happy environment well that's okay 
the difficult it's very easy for me to sit and say this when you're in that position of, of being in a good place mm. it's very difficult when the tables are turned and I was at another yard where oh, they were all horrific I have been screamed at literally in front of people in front of customers in front of livery yards by uh, um, a lady a grown woman who has children and is married and my whole everything about everything that I stood for all my riding my horse my treatment of my horse everything was annihilated in the middle of the yard at a competition in front of a very very well respected judge and I was like, are you actually kidding me? You're going to speak to me like that. Scream at me. Try and humiliate me in front of everybody. What do you do in a situation like that? Do you scream back? Do you shout back? Do you make yourself... Do you behave in a way that you wouldn't normally behave? Or do you continue to be true to yourself and who you would be? And I, I literally said, please don't speak to me like that. How I look after my horse is nothing to do with you. I know he's very well cared for. I know that I look after him in the best possible way and speaking to me like that and trying to humiliate me in front of all these people is not the right thing to do. Now you can think of me whatever you like but you don't speak to me like that in front of anybody else or ever in fact and I turned and walked away. Well her jaw Samantha dropped to the floor because I don't think anybody has ever politely confronted her like that before and it doesn't have to be a big wham bam argument or row anything like that it's just you just carry on behaving how you you what you think's right Mm -hmm. obviously that's just one example I mean not everybody can be handled that way and in many cases you need to have that um you need to have a mediator. You need to have a manager or a livery yard owner coming in. I think if you have a neutral or a neutral, a neutral person, person, sometimes it the perpetrator is the livery yard owner, owner, and that's when it gets tricky as well. But really? that, that's another what's story. Happened, what's <laughs> happened with a livery yard owner? Uh, we've we've had cases brought forward where the livery yard owner is the perpetrator of the harassment. Um, what have they done? The, the the victim had to leave in the end but you know that that is a difficult situation but again hopefully that will tie in in future with raising the standards and requirements of yards being appropriately demonstrating that they do not tolerate this behavior like some yards we go to like our our ambassador uh, venue Kelsall Hill now that huge massive yard but they have a specific anti-bullying policy and it is zero tolerance. And you'll mm. see it's demonstrated on the yard when you when you go into the main office, they, they have a code of conduct and there's not many yards I've been to where you can actually see on display a code of conduct which they expect a, a certain standard to be followed by anyone visiting, being a livery, coach, trainer, whoever you are, if you're on those premises you follow that code of conduct that's a great idea it's simple it's a simplistic idea it's just a simple set of values how people should conduct themselves when on that premises and then you know that's not limited to livery yards it should be the same it shows shows oh my gosh like for example a recent horse trials these people that volunteered, these are volunteers. They have gave up their whole weekend mm. to go and support riders so that riders can go and compete and hit, you know, get their rosettes. And if these volunteers weren't there, these horse trials wouldn't take place. 
these volunteers were getting abused abused by riders by competitors that, that because that's the attitude it's just acceptable to abuse people and and shout at people and just what were they saying well they were shouting if they weren't happy with uh, s- certain calls about the fences and and things just just general abuse if they weren't happy with the time that they were supposed to go on if it's like running behind they'd get abusive with the stewards and and the volunteers you know because they weren't on at their specific time and just general pettiness to be honest nothing major but just the the way that these volunteers had been spoken to over that period of the weekend you know it's going to put people off volunteering and it's just going to put our sport behind because if we don't have the support from the volunteers and the people that keep these things you know keep these things ticking over behind the scenes then the competitors aren't going to have any any horse trials or any competitions to go to Mm. you know it's the same it shows you've got judges that don't want to judge it shows anymore because they get a barrage of abuse off parents if if you know they don't place their child or you know that it's that's a general sort of uh observation there but it's something that i have seen you know judges be spoken to in a way that it's not really acceptable you know it's a case of i think we just need to take a step back and start having a little bit more respect it's respect for each other and respect for what's going on that's sometimes when you say oh we'll have respect for each other that sounds imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Sounds really cheesy, but actually when we're going along in our own little world, we're heading to a competition and we're thinking about we've got to clean, we've got to clean the tack, we've got to clean the horse, we've got so much, we're getting on at one o'clock and then it's late. Nobody thinks the reasons that it's late, it's not the steward's fault, it's late. So things happen. It, you know, it's going to run on. When you're dealing with horses, children and animals, of course something's going to happen. It's going to run on late. Yeah. And and actually getting wound up about it and taking it out on the first person that you see 
isn't necessarily the right way to go about it. Of course, if you have a proper problem, then of course, email the events coordinator afterwards and say, you know, I had a bit of a problem, but there are ways of handling things rather than just getting angry and shouting your mouth off, which is what happens. Yeah. So I think in many ways as equestrians, we are seen as victims. We are, you know, we have issues driving on the roads. We get harassed for this point. We get harassed for being in our horse boxes and being too slow. We get harassed for being on a yard we get harassed for having the wrong who on the pavement <laughs> on the pavement we, we get harassed a lot but that doesn't give us the right to then go and harass other people who are nine times out of ten in the same situation this is the thing and this is what really it's a bit mind-boggling because we all love our horses you know we are all passionate there is no one else there is no other sport where they would get up at stupid o'clock in the morning to go and tend to a wild animal that's clean their poo up and 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 you know the the amount of time and passion that us as equestrians dedicate to our sport you know that there should almost like instantaneously be a mutual respect there because you know as equestrians we're all proud we're all proud of our horses we're proud of what we do and we're proud of our little achievements in you know at different levels and we should start supporting each other it's just insane that but we don't. In that, in that one sentence, everybody's proud of what they've done and what they do with their horses. And that, that's where the differences are, is because there are so many different ways of doing the same thing. Some mm. would say the right way and some would say the wrong way. But it's when, if you, you might think that one way of doing something is absolutely the right way and it's the best way that it's done and that's the way that you're going to do it. And I may say, take another view and say, well, this is the way that I do it. Now, mm. if I was to go up to you, Samantha, and say, Samantha, the way that you've put on that bridle is not the right way. It's not the way that I do it. It's totally the wrong way to do it. That's automatically going to offend you. One, you haven't asked for the advice. You haven't asked for the help. It's probably unwanted help. And two, the way that I've approached it is a really confrontational way. And actually, the way that I do things might not be right. So, you know, it's two different opinions. Now, if you'd come to me and said, Amy, I'm, I'm a bit worried about the way that I'm putting on the bridle. Is this, is, this, is this okay? This is the way that I've been shown. And I might say, yeah, it works really well, but why don't you just try it like this? Yeah. And those are two, exactly the same situation, but two very, very different situations at the same time. There's different ways different of outcomes. Yeah, different ways of handling things. Yeah. And if we just take a step, step back and and say, first of all, is it our place to be going and telling other people what to do unless they ask for it? And my way might not be the right way. You know, your may, it's just because it's my opinion. It's the way that I look at it. So I think that we need to be seeing other people's views a little bit and saying, okay, well, that's the way that they do things, learning from each other, because there could be something else that I could pick up from you, which would be great. But if I go around telling everybody that my way is the only way and the only way it should be done, then we're going to constantly hit heads because we're not going to agree on the same thing with everything. And then the other way to look at it is if if you came to me and said, um, "Oh, this is this is another this is another thing that I've had." Okay, so I've had uh, two friends. One said to the other one, "Well, actually, they're not friends at all. They're just at the same yard as each other." So uh, one said to the other one. So let's say Jane said to Sarah, 
uh, I think your horse is lame, Sarah. And Sarah got really offended. She said, my horse isn't lame. I'd know if my horse was lame. He's absolutely fine. Two weeks later, the horse is lame. And Jane was really upset because she was only trying to do a nice thing, but Sarah took offence to it. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that situation could have been handled differently because Sarah could have said, thank you, you know, I know you're only looking out for my horse, but I've checked him over and I think he's okay, but I'm going to keep an eye on it. Yeah, yeah. Then there are other instances when the Jane person will go over and say, you need to sort your horse out because he's lame. You don't (laughs) know he's lame. That's not, that's not respectable, nice behaviour either. So I think a lot of it is the way that we approach issues or problems in both instances from the perpetrator and the the victim as we call them and and how we handle those situations maybe we can handle them a little bit differently again it comes down to changing attitudes if people yeah. are more conscious about okay what are the repercussions of approaching this situation like this what are the consequences of me telling that person what i want to tell them giving my opinion in this manner and and that's the thing. People aren't even aware of the consequences. People aren't aware of the repercussions. They aren't aware of the damage it's done or potentially can do. You know, some people that bully don't even see themselves as bullying. Mm. They, they don't see it themselves. There's, there's a significant lack of awareness. And as part of the campaign further down after the launch, when, when we launch in November... Um, during UK Anti-Bullying Week on the 13th of November. Um, (laughs) We will be, you know, releasing material that will describe scenarios. So scenario eight, like you've just explained a scenario, they're going to be categorised into, okay, that is actually criminal behaviour or Mm -hmm. this is bullying behaviour. And and I think (laughs) it is going to be as simple as that because the, the fact remains that people just aren't aware there's just a significant lack of awareness and acknowledgement that it's that it's even a problem I think think interestingly I speak to a lot of people who have had issues in fact most people I know have had an issue at a yard at some point or a competition you know again I mean I've got how many examples personal examples have I been able to give you today of there's another one I've been to competitions and it's it's maybe coming at it from a different angle coming at it later as I've been older and saying well for me the competition's for fun so I'm not going to expect to win anything if we can win best looking best turned out that'd be amazing because we're not going to win anything else but I always went with it with the attitude of it being fun and I was always so shocked at how how insulting everybody was to each other and I thought this is so unnecessary and and you're talking unaffiliated kids games you know this should be fun trying to get them motivated to get them enjoy their career but it goes right the way up the top now interestingly it's it was totally different at some of the the top competitions that I've been going to lately I was so pleasantly surprised at how supportive each other were um in all of the cross country, um, that you know, the riders are genuinely. Oh, I hope hope they get round okay. Hope they're okay. This is a really tough course, and and over the last year of doing these podcasts, speaking to people, they're generally supportive of each other. They want them to do okay. They want them to do well. They don't want them to get hurt. Yeah. Um, and then moving into the dressage industry, 
I've I've noticed that as well. Now there are still your moments of the few that like to be insulting and like to be judgmental, but they're much fewer and far between than I ever thought than they used to be. Mm. So it's it's our level, I think. You know, amateur to professional that that middle road that we really need to work on, Samantha, of changing attitudes and, and getting people being nice to each other. Definitely. And I think it's our middle road that, if anything, would need to support each other because we're all trying to progress. We're all, you know, trying to do the best we can. And I think at the levels that we're at, you know, it would be insane not to support each other. If if everybody at the higher levels can do it, then why why shouldn't we be able to do it? Why yeah. shouldn't we have the same mentality of supporting each other? You know, not going to a show and going back to your horse's stable to find that its forelock has been cut off because someone Who does your... that? Who does that? I know. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. We've even seen we've seen horses prior to a show, they the, the owners cleaned bath them, got them all ready for the show, ready to go goes back to the stable and someone's been in and covered the horse in their own feces because they knew that they were going to a show so they thought oh, i'll cover the horse in poo and then it won't then they'll have to bath it all again and it's just spiteful spiteful it's just childish as well but these are like grown women doing these things like horrible tricks and you know marking horses and cutting their hair and wiping that's horrific them absolutely horrific in fact i think it's disgusting who who does that who who, so in that kind of scenario then the poor person that's happened to what could they do have they got a a yard manager that they can go to exactly yeah you know in a lot of cases the yard delivery owners are proactive in dealing with this and they will address these issues but for some, you know, it, it's hard. Some livery owners that we speak to, they, they say, well, I feel like I'm a counsellor. I don't, you know, mm. how, do, how do I actively deal with two grown adults that can't seem to meet eye to eye? And again, that's another avenue that we're looking at with the police and with BHS um, in terms of some form of mediation if it gets to that stage or, like you said, a, an independent third party that, could volunteer to step in and mediate these kind of things because again you'll find that these sometimes issues start very very small like she said my horse was late she said i'm this she said that and then it grows and grows and then other people get involved and then Mm. it gains momentum and then the initial reason for the fallout is completely forgotten and it's just escalated escalated into some huge big issue um and again it's that that we sort of want to nip be able to nip things in the bud by people having um an actual awareness of the repercussions of their actions and the consequences and how things can develop and how things can snowball out of control and you know just basically being grown adults as well you know we're, we're all in it together and it's about time we started treating each other with some respect because some of the things and some of the stories you've got people that purposely avoid going to the yard at certain times so that they can avoid the bullies so Mm. they will go at very unsociable hours so they don't have to see anybody else and it you know 
that is criminal that's a criminal behavior if someone's changing their lifestyle to to fit around the harassment uh, harassing behavior you know it constitutes is is it's criminal and and most people work hard enough as it is to pay for their horses the last thing they need they want to be able to just enjoy them and it's really sad that that takes away the enjoyment of them it does and so many people you know have felt they had to move or they just feel sick before going down to the yard or like you say that the time going down um it unsociable hours so they don't have to encounter certain people that are there at certain times and you know that's that's not what being in a question is about that that isn't what it's about and that's you know it's not the message that we want to give to outside people outside the equestrian world as well you know we we want all youngsters coming through so the new the new ones you know the babies coming through they need to know that teaching your horse with respect is important but so is teaching you've got to treat each other with respect exactly and this is where reese heath college have come on board as well they saw the campaign now reese a a fantastic um, college based in nantwich in cheshire and they have their own whole equine department so they have a massive number of young people coming up the ranks into equestrian professions um across the board and you know they're very they have their own anti-bullying policy zero tolerance um so they were really thrilled to get on board with this campaign a to you know introduce to the youngsters coming up that at the moment yes it is a bit you know it's a problem in the equestrian world so be prepared for it but b we're actually going to start taking a stand and doing something about it so there is support advice and help out there um and, and getting the youngsters having that attitude and mindset early on before they go, go through the ranks of the equestrian professions mm. um so yes trying to tackle it at different angles <laughs> Both angles. <laughs> yeah it's changing the environment isn't it and, he, and and i think we can we can do that if we want to be in a nice environment then then you can and and, and it sounds so dreamy but honestly i've done it i've done it you know i can't lie i can only speak from experience and I've had horrific women handing me down at the yard before, but I honestly didn't let them change my thought process at all at any point. And yet it got me down at times. And um, there were moments where I'd feel sick if I saw them on the yard. And I think because I was actually bullied quite young as a youngster as well, I think because of that going through school, I was determined that these women were not going to get me down, you know. I had to wait till I was 28 to buy my first horse. I'll be damned. I was going to enjoy every moment with him and nobody was going to ruin that. But it brought into the forefront the youngsters coming through that they were copying this behaviour. So from these older women that had been there for years, the youngsters were then seeing that's how you treat people. And actually, I had to have a very long chat with about six of them. And I said, girls, you know, there was a new girl that had come onto the livery yard and she was young. And I watched these girls say awful things about her. And I said, do you know her? And they said no. And I didn't didn't lecture them. I didn't lecture them in any way. It was a sat down, nice chat. And I said, girls, do you know, uh, let's call her Sophia. Do you know Sophia? 
And they said, no, no, she's just arrived. And I said, okay, well, well, what are your problems? Because it sounds to me like you've got some problems with Sophia. What are your problems with her? And they said, well, she, you know, she's rude. She doesn't say hello. She never smiles. Da, da, da. And I said, how long has she been here? And they said, a week. I said, right, let's look at 16-year-old Sophia. She's coming into a new place where she doesn't know anybody. She doesn't have any friends. She's got a new horse. She's a bit nervous. How about if you all go up and say, hi, Sophia, welcome you know we've been here a while if there's anything that you need this is where we keep the tack this is where we keep the boxes this is where we keep the feed you know if you need anything then just you know I'm, we're here that is automatically going to turn Sophia into uh, thinking oh wow this place is really nice and yeah. she'll be she'll be more inclined to say hi to you and smile and be nice because she won't feel so intimidating. Because trust me, it's much more intimidating walking onto a new yard than it is, and and having six girls be mean than it is for you guys to have one new girl. My yeah. point is, it took, and I and I'm glad to say they're all now friends. Sophia's their really good friend, which is lovely. But it's sad to say that these girls were watching the adults' behaviour and learning from it. So if we don't stop it from the top down as well, then we're just going to keep creating young little, what do I like to call them? (laughs) Um, Mean girls. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we're creating is mean girls. So we need to stop it. So, so hashtag not on my yard is on the 13th of November. Yes. How How can we get involved, Samantha? Okay. You can get involved and show your support for the campaign by posting your imaginative pictures or videos of you and your friends on your yard uh, with the hashtag not on my yard mm-hmm. to say that, you know, you support the campaign. You're not standing for it. Yes. Not on my yard. You're standing up to bullying, yeah. but you're not standing for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag not on my yard. And that can be shared on any social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, just as long as the hashtag's there, it'll help spread awareness and hopefully start getting people aware. And uh, It's just bringing it to the forefront and just saying that this goes on, there is some awful stuff that happens and let's get together and stand against it. But on top of that, you're offering um, advice and help for people that might be going through it. I'm presuming your campaign does that? It does, absolutely. We're also in partnership with Paladin, now they're national um, they're a national charity that specialise specifically in stalking, harassment, bullying. So if you are a victim of them, um, you know you can come to us, uh, in, send your stories or experiences to info at tudorosequine.co.uk. Um, it will then, if you wish for it to, um, be passed on for review. And if there are any legalities within your experiences, they uh, paladin. And their associate law firm are actually offering free initial advice in terms of uh, any victims of stalking, harassment, bullying behaviour. See, that's, God, that's good. But that's also very scary for somebody to think, oh, not only have they got to deal with the pressure and the stress and the worry of being harassed and stalked and bullied, um, but now they're going to think, oh, God, if I go to a solicitor, that's going to make it a hundred times worse. But actually, they're there to offer advice too advice and help and support so paladin like i said they're they're specialists in this field that that's what they do they offer specific advice um tailored support uh, around an individual's needs on a case-by-case basis and you know it every case is different and Mm. every 
every experience has different levels and people are affected in different ways. So, for example, some of the experiences you've been able to stand up to and go, sorry, you can't talk to me like that and I won't have to talk to me like that. So for some people, they, they can't do that. And no, because they've fine. been battered down for so long by these nasty people that they've lost all confidence. Exactly. And and all it might take is a bit of support and advice and some networks and partnership from other agencies that can perhaps get involved, perhaps contact Liviad, perhaps come up with a solution. But, you know, there, there are ways and means to tackle this behaviour and we will do it and we will get there. Um, but I think it does stem initially from changing people's attitudes and, mm. and, and raising the awareness that it is actually a problem and certain behaviours just aren't acceptable. And it's Oh, not just how it is in the horse world as, as things get brushed off oh that's just how it is in the horse world um but no it's not anymore <laughs> so, no it's no. not, oh, it's gosh, not. send me round I'll go round there I don't mind <laughs> <laughs> I feel so strongly I can't stand it when people are being picked on it really annoys me I get so upset no and I get upset for them because I think they just don't need to go through that it's horrible but it's yeah. great that you're offering that support all the information on uh, Tudor Rose Equine's Not On My Yard campaign and all your support networks that you have we can send you an email and ask for any advice and support it's all completely confidential Absolutely. and all that that information will be available on our website horsehour.co.uk so we can it's easy to access because i think the more support that you have the easier it is to be able to deal with these situations absolutely thanks samantha so much for joining us thank you so much and i hope that you uh, keep an eye on our campaign we've got lots planned lots in store lots to announce and lots of supporters new famous faces popping up down the line so Keep your eyes peeled and uh, hashtag not on my yard. Yeah, well, I like to think that Horse Hour supporters um, will be totally supporting your campaign because you. we are a friendly bunch. Um, oh, you all are. You're all lovely. We like to follow su- our followers like to support each other and help each other. So, um, yeah, anything that we can do, then let us know. Lovely to speak to you. See you. And you. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you head to our website, horsehour.co.uk, there's previous episodes of the Horse Hour podcast, including Dressage Anywhere. Ruth Chapel, who's the founder, explains all about her online competition series where you can enter dressage competitions from the safety of your own home. So if you're like me, not quite ready to go out to competitions yet, maybe your horse is a little bit young, but you'd like to practice, then you can enter competitions via video and you can win money and prizes. I also spoke to Caroline Ward from Riding for the Disabled Association who explained all about the RDA, how they help, how they support riders and how they support families as well. And then some of our really early, early podcasts are on the website too, including Matt the Bit Expert who explained about different types of bits and how the breed of your horse can really make a difference to what size and what type of bit they have. It's not just about what you're doing with them, what discipline you're doing or the strength or power of your horse but it also depends on what breed they are. Some of the early podcasts include Jason Webb who explained about starting horses, 
horse behavior and nutrition as well. And then what is rife now and and still very much in our minds is the horse killer seed, atypical myopathy. There is an episode on that seed that is out at the moment because it's November and it's one that does affect us and we do really need to keep an eye out for. So have a little listen to those early episodes of the Horse Hour podcast. As always, please share your stories with us because we love to hear your journeys and what you're up to with your horse. Just use hashtag Horse Hour on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. And uh, I hope you have a really good week and I'll speak to you soon. You've been listening to Horse Hour. Join the community on Twitter, Mondays, 8pm UK time, 3pm Eastern by using the hashtag Horse Hour. Follow Amy at AmyStevenson1 and subscribe to us on Acast, iTunes, Stitcher and Player FM. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.